Hello, everybody. Uh, this is Andrew Chris at Borders Executive Live, the podcast. A special guest today is Anthony Harling, whose focus is on mid-career transitions. This will interest all of you, especially those who consider themselves to be over 40 or 50 years old in particular, and who are facing some challenges in finding their place in a fresh career. Uh, Anthony, your firm is called Halsham Consulting, I believe, and you're focusing specifically in this area of executive transitions and some coaching. Uh, Anthony, welcome. It's a pleasure. Andrew, well, thank you very much uh, for having me on your show, and I'm very glad to be here. Well, it's nice to have you, and I know you and I have in, uh, interacted many times in the past. We share some of the views and prejudices. Uh, but in particular, I'm interested to find out from you uh, what's really challenging, particularly the over 50s, and what's actually changed in recent years. Well, I think a number of things have changed. It is a very difficult market for you know the senior executives, particularly those who are in the latter stage of their career. We did a survey recently, Andrew, and we had over 600 replies. Something like 74% of the people who replied to the survey would either agree or strongly agree that employers are discriminating in their recruitment practices. So there's a widespread perception that employers are discriminating on the basis of age in their recruitment. So that's one kind of obstacle that people face. Another obstacle that people face is that the way that senior executive recruitment is managed by companies and through the executive search firms, that has changed. That's changed quite significantly in recent years. So, and I think the people um, who haven't been through the job change process recently are struggling with that. And nowadays, Andrew, as you probably know, there's something like 870 million profiles on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn has become this sort of central go-to place for everybody who's involved in recruiting. So the this sort of mentality that oh, I just need to do my CV and then I'll be all right, that, that's no longer valid. That doesn't work anymore. And I think a lot of people are still under the illusion that if I get my CV right, I can just copy and paste my CV into LinkedIn and everything will be hunky-dory. Of course, that's yeah. not how it works. No, indeed not. It's an incredibly complex process. And what specifically are you doing at Harshan to assist executives going through this a process which can be extremely traumatic, of course, particularly later stages in the career when perhaps some people weren't expecting to have to go through another transition? Well, what, what we found, Andrew, in talking to people is that the old sort of outplacement type support that people received just doesn't really work for a lot of people. And so we decided we needed to come up with something a bit different. So we came up with a sort of an approach that we've adopted based on um, three elements, rediscover, reset, and re-engage. So the mm -hmm. rediscover piece is really all about helping people to identify what is their true purpose? Where am I at in my life? Where am I at in my career? What do I want from life? And a lot of people, Andrew, um, are at a stage where this actually, I don't want to retire fully. I don't want to hang my boots up forever. I want to carry on with some sort of work. So that's sort of the yeah, no, the retirement is a thing in the past, of course, in so many, uh, so many places, particularly as uh, many of us are able to work until we're much older than we would have normally retired. Yeah. And, uh, there's a huge desire to maintain some economic contact with the world 
in one form or another. And I, that's the kind of subject you're handling, I guess. Yes, and, and it's not just the economic contact, because actually people say, well, I want my brain to be active. So I'm happy to go and do voluntary work. Um, you know, we have the example of Lucy Kellaway, who was an FT journalist who went and became a maths teacher. You know, this is a great example of people who are discovering career 2.0. So it's really, the first part is really about discover your purpose. What am I here for? Where am I at? What do I want to do? And then the second part, we really focus on helping people to identify their personal brand and really get that personal brand sorted out. What is my brand? How am I going to describe myself in a conversation that I'm having with people, in a networking conversation or in a meeting with the prospective employer? How am I going to reflect that brand in my in my online profile, particularly my, my LinkedIn or my personal yes. website? How can I bring out the essence of who I am and what I am? The thing I've really observed is that there's an immediate tendency, particularly if you have lost your job and you need to find something different and you want to find something different, is to continue to do what you've always done until then. When that might seem the logical thing to do if you let your you know, your uh, brain lead that process. But if you let your emotions lead that process, maybe you're looking for something totally different out of life. You're absolutely right, Andrew. And I think that, you know, if I think back to my grandfather, you know, my grandfather had multiple careers. I mean, he wasn't a sort of high-level executive, but he started off as a civil servant working with the army out in um, Africa, and then he became a glove maker. I mean, the idea of multiple careers is go, goes back a long way. But We've got into this routine that I've always been doing X and therefore I've got to carry on doing that for the rest of my life. It's not the case. You know, you can rediscover yourself. And often, you know, when we get to our 40s and 50s, that's a great time to rediscover a new direction. And it can be much, much more rewarding, much more satisfying. Well, so what do you actually do at Harshan to uh, help executives identify, A, their objectives in life? Because that's what we're talking about, right? And then how do you identify the strengths and weaknesses that will support uh, the next steps they would like to take? Well, the first thing that we do is we use some assessment tools to try and help us understand, you know, what are a person's preferences? What are they motivated by? Um, what, what's important to them? Once we understand that, that is the basis for a discussion. And then over a number of sessions, we really go through that discussion, trying to sort of pull out what really is important to you? Let's leave aside what you've been doing for the last 30 years. What's really important to you? You know, what, what have you done? Which little pieces of your career have been most enjoyable, most rewarding for you? And then we, you know, we reshape the map. Right. Well, you help build on those, on those things, of course. And then normally the first, I would say, four or five weeks are really spent around trying to develop a really clear understanding of what am I about, what's important to me, and therefore what kind of careers could be open to me? Because you and I, Andrew, are in the privileged position that we see a lot of different people in different careers, different industries. So we can often advise people about exploring maybe very, very different options. We can put them in touch with other people that we know to help them Absolutely. get an understanding of something very different. And Absolutely. it some fantastic results. Yeah. I mean, the thing that really strikes me is uh, just what a difficult experience this is for some executives who not really been used to 
interrogating themselves on a more emotional level, always being very substantive in their in their discussions. Mm. And it can be quite a traumatic experience, actually, for some executives who've always viewed themselves in a particular way, have been viewed in a particular way. If you've been a CEO, you know, people are looking at you in one particular way, but that's not maybe how you feel in the long term. I think people get addicted to, you know, a particular way of working. So I've always done it this way, so I've got to carry on doing it this way. And yeah. used to sitting in the big office, um, yes. used to people calling me sir or whatever it may be. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to sort of un- unwrap the present because there's something fantastic inside there. It's an yeah. iterative process that we go through with people. But that first stage helps people to really rediscover what they are we don't yeah. really supply it it's, it actually comes from the individual of course, of course. Or, or himself yeah. Yeah. But all we're doing is trying to help them unwrap and discover what and it maybe it would be helpful to give a practical example without naming names or making them too identifiable of course but it'd be lovely to hear an example from you of somebody you've taken through this process and has taken an alternative route with their lives I worked uh, with uh, a gentleman, um, and uh, he was in the publishing industry. And he'd been in the publishing industry all his life. And he'd risen to such a senior position that there were only three other people in the UK that did what he did. And he was editor-in-chief. And when his company got acquired and uh, he was no longer needed, it was really an existential crisis like who am i what am i you know where am i going to get my respect from how am i going to earn a living how am i going to feed my family and he and i worked together over a number of months but the first stage was really about trying to pull out what he's good at and we found a couple of things andrew what we found is that on a couple of occasions he'd led a digital transformation um and today he's got his own consulting firm he does digital transformation he does leadership coaching which is another passion of his and he does strategy work and he's actually enjoying his life much, much more than he ever did. And the prospect that that can carry on now for another 20 years, he doesn't need to retire. Indeed. I, I must say I came across a very similar example that uh, came through our own uh, our own doors a little while back. A wonderful man in the chemical industry running chemical plants. And he was laid off for no, no particular fault of his own. And he came in looking rather bleak and... Uh, I started talking about doing the next job, running another chemical plant somewhere else. And he's, I listened to him and I said, you know, that sounds wonderful. Of course you can do it. You've done it for 20 years. Why would you be able to do that again? But what do you really want to do? You know, when you're staring at the ceiling in the middle of the night, in the dark, mm. what's really going through your mind? You know, is this scuba diving and wherever or, or what else? So what actually said, I write children's books on uh, technology. And I go around schools and I talk to them about technology and some of these things. I love doing that. It's really good. So, I mean, what would change about the person when you start to see is eyes light up. There was energy, you know? Yeah. And so that's really, you really do see that, don't you, as a, going through these transitions with individuals. By the way, that is where he's gone, of course. Yeah. And, and likewise with the gentleman that I was talking about. And, yeah. and he, he um, it took him a long time. We spent many yeah. weeks talking together before we really came up with, from his point of view, this rather adventurous idea of setting up his own consulting company. Well, a courageous idea, if I may say so. I mean, courage is required in making a transition, isn't it? It's such an important element to say, well, that was very nice, but actually I'm going to do something different, particularly if you have some economic needs 
like yeah. feeding a family or paying the mortgage or whatever still. Um, and that's something which uh, which I'm sure you're dealing with. Yeah, we we you know we have to sort of try and understand all of these aspects. And um, yeah. one of the things that we deal with a lot is people think, well, I've got to earn X or I've got to earn Y. And then you, well, let's let's think about that because actually, what you're really after, and it actually you didn't thought about it like this, but what you're really after is happiness. So, what's really going to make you happy? You know, is it buying a new car? Is that what's going to make you happy? Because most of us, when we get to a certain stage in life, as you and I have, Andrew, we've got a car, we've got somewhere to live, um, sure, no longer essential. So, what's really going to make you happy? Well, it turns out that actually. Happiness can be derived in many ways. I, I think that the uh, executives that I deal with, Andrew, one of the consistent things that I come across is they struggle with this end of you know career, mid midlife transition. What am I yes. going to see when I grow up? You know, yeah. People underestimate that. Um, yeah. My own father went through this in his early fifties. Yeah, there was nobody like me around who could help him at that time. Indeed, indeed. And I think we've got many, many years ahead of us, you and I. Don't just stumble along, you know, take time, take stock, think of where you are, think of where you're going. You can do Well, it. indeed. So if you take the age of 50 uh, today, Anthony, whether you take formal retirement or not, you're going to be active in some professional capacity, probably for as long as you had your first career. I, I think there's a huge appetite from, uh, from the government's point of view to inspire and motivate the over 50s into active active engagement with the economy. Yes. Um, and after the pandemic, a lot of people stepped back from um, work who were in their 50s and, and late 50s, and we need those people to re-engage. Um, so it's important, Indeed. I think, from an economic point of view, but I think it's much more important for those individuals to be doing something which is rewarding, inspiring, and making good use of the fantastic skills that you've developed over the previous 30 years. Absolutely. And we owe to the rest of society to do that, frankly. Um, so I think that's a very, very healthy approach. Sounds like one you've uh, almost ready to take yourself uh, in moving into Hartshorn as well. You've reinvented yourself yet again. Yes. Uh, congratulations. I wish you every success uh, to you and Barbara with the business. And uh, I'm sure that everybody who listens to this podcast will enjoy hearing you talk about this very special subject of uh, creating a fresh life uh, in a fresh experience after 50. Thanks so much. Thanks, Andrew. Nice to speak to you. Speak to you soon. 